Father, we pray that you would speak to us now. We pray that we would hear your voice, that we would know that you are with us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as I've already said, I'd like to thank you for the very warm welcome that we've received. And over the coming days and weeks, we're looking forward to getting to know each of you a whole lot better. But at the start, whenever you meet someone for the first time, there are a few questions that are always asked. Who are you? Where are you from? And what do you do? Well, as you might have gathered by now, and hopefully the children will be able to remember, uh, my name is Gary. Uh, I'm from Dromore. Now that's the real Dromore in County Down, not the fake Dromore in County Tyrone. Just have to get that right. Uh, And in case you haven't noticed, I'm a Church of Ireland minister. Uh, So now you know about me. I just have to ask you all those questions as well, but please don't shout out the answers now, or it might be a bit of chaos. Some of you might be Rich Hillian by birth and heritage over many generations, but the rest of us, well, we're blow-ins, and Lindsay and myself are the most recent of the blow-ins. We'll all have a story of how we came to be here, where our roots lie. Answering those questions, who are you, where are you from, and what do you do, is why family history is such big business. It's also why my doorbell in Fermanagh would ring frequently with Americans or Australians or Canadians all coming to try to find where their great-great-granda was baptised. He had emigrated far, far away from Fermanagh, and now they were back to trace their roots, to see where their family had begun. And sometimes they even wanted me to show them the very cottage that they lived in 300 years ago. They were there to try to work out who they were and where they came from. For us, as a church family, our reading from Matthew's Gospel this morning is a bit like tracing our roots. Going back to where it all started to help us see who we are, where we're from and what we're meant to be doing. Just as the Americans returned to Ahave, so we're going to go back to Galilee to see the beginnings of the church family. And it might be helpful if you have the Bible open in front of you. It's page 1001 in the Pew Bibles. And there is no sound I like to hear better than the rustle of pages of Pew Bibles being open, because it means that people will follow along 
or if you start to fall asleep you can focus on the words at least verse 16 then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go so the reading begins there are eleven disciples not twelve because Judas is no longer around and they go to Galilee now why did they go? Matthew tells us because Jesus told them to go there But why? Why Galilee? Why are they there? Well, glance back a page and you'll see that in verse 7 the angels tell the women to tell the disciples to go to Galilee and then in verse 10 Jesus himself emphasizes the same message. So why do they go to Galilee? Well, in Matthew's Gospel Galilee was where it all began. Galilee was where Jesus had begun to preach. Galilee was where he called Simon Peter and Andrew and the other disciples to follow him. But so much had happened since then. Peter, well, he had denied knowing Jesus. The rest of the disciples had run away. Leaving Jesus to be arrested, tried, crucified. So much had happened since then. Jesus had died, but now Jesus was raised to new life. And so he gathers the disciples back where it all began and gives them a new start. He gives them a new mission. The mission that we are also part of. Because this is where we came from. This is who we are. This is what we are meant to be doing. Do you notice also that when Jesus arrives in verse 17. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. They just weren't sure. There is room here for the doubting. If you have questions, please ask them. If there are things that you're not sure of, then please talk about them. Together we'll work through our doubts to come to the place of worship. But whether you're worshipping this morning, whether you're doubting this morning, Jesus speaks And speaks to all the disciples. This is what we know as the great commission. But notice that Jesus doesn't begin with what we are meant to be doing. First of all. He says a word about himself. Verse 18. All authority in heaven and on earth. Has been given to me. On Friday afternoon, I don't know if maybe you're fed up with the election. Maybe you were fed up with the election weeks ago. But on Friday afternoon, Theresa May went to visit Buckingham Palace. She wasn't there, you know, just to sightsee. She wasn't there to stroke the corgis. 
She wasn't there just even to have a cup of tea with some of the members of the royal family. Theresa May was there to seek the Queen's permission to form a government after the election. She was granted the authority to continue as Prime Minister. Well, at least for the time being. We'll see what happens in the coming weeks. As important as the Prime Minister is, in terms of authority though, she's nothing compared to the Lord Jesus. Do you see what he says in verse 18? He doesn't just have a wee bit of authority. He's not just in authority over some places. Jesus says all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus is the rightful ruler. Jesus is in control and in charge. Back at the start of Matthew's gospel, you might remember that the wise men came a long way to worship the one who was born king of the Jews. Then in Matthew chapter 4, the devil tempted Jesus by offering him all the kingdoms of the world. If only he would bow down and worship Satan. But Jesus receives all authority in heaven and on earth through his death on the cross and his resurrection. Jesus is king of the universe. He has all authority. I wonder is that how we think of Jesus, how we see Jesus? See, we, we might think that Jesus isn't really very important at all. He might want to be our friend, but that might be because he needs us rather than us needing him. Or maybe we remember the words of the hymn we maybe sang in Sunday school, Gentle Jesus, Meek and Mild, and therefore think that Jesus is weak and powerless and a bit ineffective really. But listen to who Jesus says he is. He is the one with all authority. Now why does that matter? Well because Jesus has all authority. He has the power to command us to do what he wants us to do. This isn't the great suggestion. Or the great optional extra for the keen ones. You know the way, maybe whenever you were a child, or maybe some of the kids today know this, that your mum or your dad says to you, you might want to think about tidying your room. And what that actually means is you better tidy your room. But it's more of a suggestion. But this is the great commission. It's not even like the tape that played at the start of the Mission Impossible TV series or the film series. Do you remember what it said? Your mission, what? Your mission if you choose to accept it. No. This is our mission. Jesus has a mission for us. So what does he command us to do? Verse 19. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. The command 
to make disciples of all nations flows from Jesus having all authority. From that mountain in Galilee, Jesus sends the 11 disciples to go and make more disciples. And where are they meant to do it? Not just in some places. It's in all places. Disciples of all nations. Now that all nations includes every country in the world. But it also includes us here in Rich Hill. Your neighbours, your friends, the people you work with. How can you be involved in making disciples, whether it is across the world or across the street? Crosslinks Mission Agency have a little strap line that I find really helpful when we think about mission. Pray, give, go. Pray for mission at home and abroad. Give to the work of mission, but then go as well. Now, how do we do that? How do we make disciples? What does it look like? Well, Jesus continues baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Disciples are to be baptized and they're to be taught to obey the words of Jesus. Did you notice that we've got another all word? We've had all authority, we've had all nations, and now we have uh, teach them to obey all, everything I have commanded you. You see, we're not just to teach and obey some of Jesus' commands. It's not like the old pick and mix in Woolworths. You know, where you have the vast array of sweets and there are some that you really like. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to mention which sweets I like because when I was in Fermanagh one Sunday, I happened to mention in a passing reference in my sermon uh, that I really liked chocolate digestives. And every house I went to then had chocolate digestives and I was sick looking at them for a wee while. But don't tell them that. So I'm not going to mention which sweets I like just in case that happens. But, you know, you're in front of the pick and mix. And you take some of those because you like those. And some of those because they're nice. But you leave those licorice toffees. Or, you know, some of the really heavy sweets that cost more money or whatever. It's not like that with Jesus' commands. It's not pick and mix. We're to obey all, everything that Jesus commanded. And Matthew records for us the teaching of Jesus. For example, the Sermon on the Mount, chapters 5 to 7. Disciples make disciples who obey everything that Jesus commands. Now that might seem a bit overwhelming. So what you're saying, Gary, is that we have to go to all nations. We have to teach them everything that Jesus taught. And if it's a command that Jesus has given, then that can almost make it seem harder. 
Because there could be guilt if we're actually not doing our part. If we're disobeying the one with all authority. But before you run for the door, before you choose not to accept this mission, there is one final awe. Look at the passage and see if you can see what it is. It's a word of promise. Jesus says, verse 20, the very last sentence, And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus promises to be with us as we go, as we make disciples, as we teach and obey. But when does he promise to be with us? Is it like one of those complicated routes where it's uh, every other Tuesday and the fifth Friday in the month? Well, no. Jesus says, I am with you always. All of the time, Jesus is with us. As we step out to obey Jesus' command, we are not on our own. Jesus himself goes with us. As you prepare your Sunday school lesson and think, will they actually listen? Jesus goes with you. As you speak about Jesus to your non-Christian neighbour over the back fence, Jesus is with you. As you meet with a younger Christian to build them up in the faith as you study the Bible together, Jesus is with you. As you pray with someone in need, as you do any number of things to fulfill this great commission, Jesus is with you always. You're not on your own as you serve and follow Jesus. These words of Jesus might be the very last words in Matthew's Gospel, but they're just the start of our mission. Jesus is calling us to know that he has all authority, to therefore go and make disciples in all places, baptizing and teaching them all of Jesus' commands, Knowing that Jesus is with us all the time. The fact that we are here this morning means that those first disciples did what they were told to do. Because I might still imagine I'm in Fermanagh sometimes, but we're definitely not in Galilee. Those first disciples, excuse me, Those first disciples went out and told others about Jesus and made them disciples. And they went and told others and told others until eventually someone came here with the good news of Jesus. And that's why we're here this morning. But now we're called to play our part. Not just the rector. Not just the people in robes at the front, but every disciple is called to make more disciples. So let's 
recommit ourselves this morning to step up and step out. Disciples making disciples as we obey the command of Jesus with the promise of Jesus in our ears and the presence of Jesus in our hearts. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would help us this morning to hear the command of Jesus, but also to hear the promise of Jesus. Help us this week to see the opportunities that you will give to us to make other people disciples. And help us To obey all that Jesus has commanded us. We ask this in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. Amen. Amen.